was young, everybody used to have those arguments about who's better, Michael Jackson or Prince. Prince won. <laughs> Relax. You're quite safe here. <laughs> Good evening, and welcome to Rock Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everyone for tuning into the show here today, whether you're doing it at cnjradio.com or you're subscribed and leaving a star rating and a review on iTunes and never missing one single episode. Thank you especially everybody who does that. I've been sitting here trying to record the intro to this show and it's really tough. What else could I possibly say? I'll tell you a little story here to try to personalize a little bit, just to tell you where my head's at. My earliest memories are listening to music. You know, I, I didn't grow up in a musical household, really. You know, I've probably said this before on the show. My my parents pretty much listened to, you know, the, that late 70s, early 80s cocaine country, as myself and Randy Brown call it. And, you know, Urban Cowboy, Alabama, that kind of stuff. And, you know, my, my dad or my, my sperm donor uh, uh, guy listened to Jimmy Buffett and, and shit like that. Um, for some reason, I just started operating the radio dial by myself really early on, like a little kid reaching for the dial. And once I finally could reach it, you know, I was listening to other stuff. Uh, it sounds like I'm exaggerating, but this is absolutely true. I had a next-door neighbor, a guy by the name of Sean George, who's, uh, he was my first best friend. One of the reasons why you're listening to this show is because of a guy like that. You know, this is a guy who is way older than me. I think he's like 9 or 10 years older than me, something like that, who, who took the time out uh, to, like, you know hang around with this little kid didn't know shit about shit you know barely had memories going on and uh, you know the, the reason I'm into Van Halen and Kiss and Prince is because of Sean and he brought over a tape of 1999 and my life changed forever I can still remember that to this day so yeah, I'm doing a Prince tribute show. This is my personal Prince tribute show. I'm going to dedicate it to guys like Sean and, and to other guys who are true Prince fans. Uh, before I get too snobby and inclusive about this, I want to say for you uh, longtime friends of the show, or maybe this is your first episode, if you're still listening after this, uh, you know, maybe you're not the world's biggest Prince fan. I'm here... Uh, to, to bring you in, uh, I'm going to play you uh, a lot of Prince songs here. And these are a, a lot of them are my personal favorites. Sometimes they're my favorite songs on the record. And the angle I wanted to go at was, here's his more rock and stuff. Uh, for you guys out there to think that maybe he didn't rock hard enough, which is, is not true. 
So that that's what I'm doing here. I'm doing four fucking parts of Prince. And we're going to play 40 Prince songs. We're going to do the entire catalog. Yes, I have the whole catalog. Why? Because I'm a real fan. Not some Johnny come lately because of his death or somebody that dropped off after the 80s. I am a hardcore, sexy motherfucking Prince fan. And that's what we're doing here. So, no hype. I'm not even going to promote this one. Because uh, Prince wouldn't have done that. He would just put four records out and leave it up to you to find it. That's what I'm doing here. Four-part Prince tribute on Rock Strikes 10. Dedicated to the real fans and for those who actually give a damn to open up a lot more of themselves to this now late icon. A true icon and a true musical genius. Terms I do not throw around loosely. You know, the, those those words that get overused like amazing and genius and iconic. And that summarizes what Prince was. You know, yeah. So I'm not as professional as I might usually be on the show, but this is my way of dealing with it. So I'm basically having a try to get over it, but I'll never get over it uh, kind of print show here. So I've talked long enough. Let's get into a tune. We are going to go in chronological order, top to bottom, man, from 1978 to 2016. And we're going to do it here on Rock Strikes 10. So strap yourselves in and check this shit out it's some of the best music you'll ever hear in your life uh you want to hit me up on the social media on the chat and talk about prints you got questions you let me know let's get into a song before i soapbox it again 1978 this guy comes out with his first record and this is a guy that could have put out a record a lot sooner than that when he was like 16 years old he could have had a record out he turned down every major label uh because they would not let him produce his own material. So if you notice, those first two records, I think we were the first three, actually, with very little exception, he's playing every instrument on there. And he would continue to do so on multiple records. And, uh, you know, when, when I can and can remember, I will give credit for that. But yeah, 1978, the first major record called For You, not called Prince. That would be his second album. So leave it to this guy to do something real crazy. Everybody's first album is eponymous, self-titled. No, this one's called For You. And this is a really cool standout track. You know, I mean, I love the single Soft and Wet, but this one right here, I even hear some elements of another late musical genius on this track. The late, great Frank Zappa. So tell me if I'm crazy, but I think it's in there. So check it out. Great track from For You. This is, of course, Prince and the song called I'm Yours.
Kicking off our tribute here to the man, Prince. That was I'm Yours. The last track off of his debut album called For You. Now that one, that's how you end a record. That's a damn scorcher. Just killing it, not only on the guitar, but also on the bass. 29 different credits that he has on that particular album. Yeah, and I, I really love that real stressful, dramatic sounding break right at the very beginning of the song and right in the middle they go back to it. A little bit of Zappa and also actually a little bit of uh, something that came out of a Walter Hill movie or something, you know, like 48 Hours of the Warriors or something like that. Uh, it's another thing I really love about that track. So hope you enjoyed that. And that's what you can expect uh, this entire massive four-part tribute to Prince. Uh, some real oddballs and deep cuts that you're not going to hear anywhere else, especially on most Prince tributes. I'm just whipping it out here and saying that this is the most quality Prince tribute online, hands down. So if anybody else has a claim on that, come see me about it. Until then, let's get back into the music. Second Prince album is his self-titled album, merely just called Prince. Came out in my birth year of 1979. He had his first legit hit on this with I Wanna Be Your Lover. Great song. Of course, I'm not going to play it, as much as I love that song. This is actually uh, funny. It's a request from a friend of the show, Tino Fella, and we had the exact same thing in mind when it came to this record. A track called Bambi. You're going to enjoy it right now. Check this one out. Bambi by Prince.
There you go, Bambi, off of the second ever Prince album, just called Prince. That's some rock and roll right there. 1979, there's most rock bands that aren't putting anything down that heavy. Most of them have gone disco or super pop. Prince, yeah, there's obviously some disco on his second album, but you would expect that from him. That's a track that most people would not expect. Bambi right there, thrown away as a B-side. We're still waiting, which was, I believe, the third single off of that record. But before we move on, that's the time for me to give it up for the first two albums. For You and Prince are both really solid records, yeah, not even just for what they are, because yeah, what they are on the surface are, you know, R&B, pop and rock. Uh, but, you know, as good or better than the stuff that the Brothers Johnson or Rick James are putting out at the time, which were definitely his contemporaries, you know, Commodore, some other bands like that, Earth, Wind, and Fire. These albums are a cut above, and that's saying something, because those are some solid acts I just threw out at you. Uh, Prince was special from day one. Those two records prove it. If you've never done yourself the favor of listening to those records, I highly recommend they just reissued out for you quite a uh, maybe like a couple of years ago on vinyl i actually finally just plunked down on getting that so i should be getting that in the mail soon i'm really looking forward to spinning that one for the first time i've never had the chance to spin for you and prince will be out at the end of may so yeah of course now these reissues are going to be top priority for the label something that just didn't seem to happen uh, during the end of his lifetime, I, I know that Prince had uh, gotten back in business with Warners. There was supposed to be a 30th anniversary of Purple Rain. Never happened. But I'm sure that is top priority right now in the offices today. You can definitely place some money on that one for sure. Moving on here, and uh, you know, like a lot of classic artists, they have like companion records. You know, the follow up album, they're kind of brother sister records. Uh, definitely with Prince, that is the case early on. Like these first two records, definitely companion pieces, as well as the two that follow that. Of course, the second album, Dirty Mind, from 1980. 
he's finally starting to get some critical acclaim because he does not stay in his safety and comfort zone. He moves on. He's definitely, you know, it's, the funk and R&B are still there and the pop and rock are still there, but he moves into kind of a new wave slash new romantic territory. And now he's like, now I'm really just going to go for the jugular and really start talking about sex. I mean, a lot. So, yeah, and, and even dressing more provocatively, just becoming kind of a shock rock act when you just look at the pictures and stuff like that. And the guy uh, spent this era at some point opening up for the Stones and getting booed off the stage just really because of what he looked like. Uh, absolutely, that was the case because it definitely wasn't because of the music. It was definitely because a lot of people just weren't ready for that look and that approach. So, Dirty Mind really sends that point home. Very interesting album. Hard to pick for a rock and roll based show. So, I'm going to play you this one. This is definitely more of a funk rock kind of raver and a fan favorite for sure. So, I'm going to play you the last track on the record. This is Party Up.
Some party up there for you. The closing track off of Dirty Mind. Great stuff there. That's an interesting record. And like I said, critically acclaimed. I was just looking over at, you know, there's that nice little window that shows you what all the critics think, you know, when you go back into the Wikipedia and stuff like that. I mean, across the board, Dirty Mind is completely heralded. Like, 10 star reviews, 10 out of 10, 5 stars across the board. I think Rolling Stone was the only publication that gave it 4.5 as opposed to 5 stars. But yeah, that, that one turned the tide for Prince. He basically traded hit singles for critical acclaim because there's no like clear-cut hit-hit singles like there was on Prince. Like, I Want to Be Your Lover, you know, did very well. And he didn't have a huge single on Dirty Mind, so he took a chance, but it definitely paid off in the long run. Just like in Controversy, the next album here, 1981, putting out an album a year. If it was up to him, I'm sure he'd put out two or three a year, but, and you know, another great record. And it's one of those, I think this one even threw off the critics, you know, because I'm, I'm checking the ratings on this one and there's a drop off critically. But, you know, as far as quality material and just being the artist you want to be, there's a lot of stuff on here that uh, could be career suicide for most artists. You know, this album, uh, it, of course, there's a lot of sex in it. Now he's getting into politics, he's getting into religion, and mixing it all up and putting it to the beat that he likes. And Controversy is a weird record. But it's super listenable. So, uh, and, and this was another one that was much like Dirty Mind, not a very rock and roll album. And uh, I think this is probably easily the most rocking track, quote unquote, on the record. So I'm gonna play it for you, much like Party Up. It's the closing track on the album. So the closing track here from Controversy, and this will be a lot of fun. The rockabilly style, yeah, a little bit of rockabilly. I don't think Prince didn't do this one very often. So, once again, taking chances. So here is Jack You Off.
right, Jack you off there. Closing up kind of really the first part of his career, the end of the Controversy album. And you probably would even notice if you're a longtime fan that uh, especially a lot of the stuff that's uh, templated in Controversy, uh, he uses quite a bit of that style going into the next album, 1999, in the year 1982, like Jack you off. You could hear a lot of delirious in that that would be on 1999. But of course, 1999, his massive mainstream breakthrough. That's when I first discovered him, I'm sure, as a lot of you discovered him at this exact same time. Double vinyl record when it came out. 11 songs and a double vinyl because the like every song on here is long like <laughs> i think delirious is probably the sole short song on here the other one being uh this one i'm gonna play for you right now to represent the record this is another one i went back immediately and listened to because I, I feel like people even you know especially back in the vinyl days might have even cashed out after just the very first side because you know the first three songs very accessible big songs chorus starts off with 1999 goes into little red corvette and the side ends with delirious those are all perfect pop songs especially you know just describing the genre that is prince because he is his own genre that's for sure but when i went back and listened to this record a few weeks ago you know knowing that i was going to do something for the show i didn't know what the angle was yet but this one really stuck out for me and this song and Free off of 1999, you put these on the headphones and something really just got me about this song. I went back and listened to it multiple times, so it's not very rock and roll per se, but I'm including it here to represent 1999 because that record definitely doesn't need my help as far as a recommendation. But And I even like the, the great dance floor jams like Let's Pretend We're Married and DMSR. Those are great songs. It, the album is a solid album, top to bottom. You know, it, let's just put it this way: I'm recommending all these records, unless I say otherwise. You know, unless I say cherry pick it, then you, you just gotta have all of these. But this song right here, like I said, in the headphones, something really just got to me about it. And I, I think about when people talk about, and I'm not trying to beat them up or anything, because I, I do like a lot of who I'm gonna reference here. But when people talk about like Radiohead and some other bands like that, like they're ahead of their time and people are trying to catch up to their material. I feel like no one's been able to top a track like this. If they've even attempted at all, I, you know, I'm not sure, but this one's a standout. So check this one out on its own, away from the record. This is Something in the Water Does Not Compute. Something in the water they drink Why else would a woman want to treat a man so bad? 
Something in the Water is Not Compute, the representative for the album 1999 on this particular episode. This part one of four tribute to the man, Prince. And love that track. Like I said, I know it's not very rock and roll, but I think that's a really unique song. Sounds great on the headphones. Hope you enjoyed that. I think that actually leads in well to my Purple Rain pick. So you probably know what I'm going to pick just based off of that. But let's talk about Purple Rain for a minute, because how, how can you not? I'm not one of those fans that's going to piss on the successful record. I mean, how could you? There's anybody that could that could diss Purple Rain and say they're a Prince fan. They're they're, they're lying. They're wrong. Because you know that's like that's like pissing on Sgt. Pepper or something like that. I mean, I know it's a very generic comparison, but this is one of those records that every artist strives for. It's a perfect album. Every song's a winner. There's nothing wrong with it at all. I can't can't even nitpick a half star on this. So when I get down to 
having all these lists with the with the the geek show score rating system this one this one wins it's a perfect album 100 points across the board you know and finding out that like early versions of this didn't even have take me with you on it like you know that was for apollonia 9 it's still a perfect album you know even if it was eight songs with that nine perfect songs anytime i see a 80s list or a critic list uh, talking about uh, what the best album of the 80s is. If they don't have Purple Rain at the top of the chart, I'm sorry, they're wrong. You know, they put Thriller above it, they're wrong. Don't believe me, go... There's this great uh, article that I think Chris Rock wrote a couple of years ago, back when he hosted SNL with Prince guesting, and he wrote an essay on why Purple Rain is better than Thriller. It is the 100% truth that Purple Rain is better than Thriller. This is not a matter of taste or opinion. I can prove this on a home computer. Yes. All right. Rest in peace, Bill Hicks, as well, for that great joke that I like to reference a lot. So, yes, after something in the water does not compute, it only makes sense to play. And also one of the most rocking songs on the record. There's a lot of great rock and roll on Purple Rain. Uh, But, yeah, this one right here, man. And it's a shame they didn't put the full-length versions you know, that you can even hear them in the movie, like the, the extended version of Let's Go Crazy that goes on for about eight minutes. And this one's also a, a bit longer in the movie, but not on the record. So weird, so weird. But I guess there's only so much time on a single vinyl at that point. It'd be nice uh, when they put out that uh, belated anniversary edition of Purple Rain that they uh, have a version that has the full-length jams, you know, like on a bonus disc. It'd be nice to have. So do the right thing, Rhino. Until then, this is Computer Blue. Wendy? Yes, Lisa. Is the water warm enough? Yes, Lisa. Shall we begin? Yes, Lisa.
I don't care how many times I listen to that. Still as fresh as the day it came out. If not more so, but... Uh, oh, God, once again, what can I say? It's from Purple Rain. If you don't have Purple Rain, you're not living your life right. Purple Rain is law. It is not overrated. It is just a perfect album. And that's the reason why that's the one people are buying. I mean, it, it is his best album. It would be hard to argue that point. It really would be. I mean, I'm just going to be honest about it. There are certain albums that are the album for the artists that are not overrated. And in this case, Purple Rain is one of those albums. It's just, it's perfect. What else can I say? So we'll just move on here. Going to Around the World in a Day, 1985. I mean, <laughs> you know, I'm sure the pressure was everywhere from him all the way down to the label. And... Uh, <laughs> I read a, I've read a couple of bios, you know, still waiting for, uh, you know, I'm assuming I, I've heard that he had finished his memoirs just prior to his death. So I'm sure those will come out at some point. And uh, so that should be very interesting. I, you know, who knows how much detail is going to go into it. But I've read a couple of detailed bios. And when they talk about around the world in a day, it's interesting because... I can only imagine what was going on. They got to be pulling their hair out at the record label because he turns in a record that it's a very good record. Love Around the World in the Day, but it's not that instantly accessible record that Purple Rain is. It's definitely, uh, you know, kind of a, you know, what's the generic music history, uh, artsy follow-up kind of a term. And uh, Around the World in the Day is definitely that. There are some hits on there, you know, that are just obvious when you hear them, like Raspberry Beret and like Pop Life. Uh, but, you know, there's more experimentation on this one in the sense that it's not the obvious thing you'd expect from him. I, I hear a lot of Middle Eastern influence on there. I call it the debut of the finger symbols, which would go on pretty much uh, through uh, almost every record he put out, I think. I remember hearing finger symbols on his records all the way through the 90s even, starting with this album. But, uh, yeah, the story goes like Prince is like, uh, I don't want you guys to promote this record. <laughs> He gave them a month and said no promotion, no ads, no nothing. They turned the record over to the radio stations. And the radio stations, they were told, play what you want. Pick the song yourself. And the, the people at the label were like, we were getting calls from the radio stations. Like, what do you want us to play? And they're like, play whatever you want because there's no single yet. So that's what they did. And, and you know, they, they actually would report back to the radio stations and find out what got more spins, and that would actually be the single. So it turns out Raspberry Beret being the big single off that. Of course it was. And uh, there you go. There's the history on that, a little brief history, but interesting. Yeah, Prince decided to follow up his biggest hit by not promoting the follow-up. Maybe he knew it wouldn't win regardless. I don't know, but it's, it's a great record. And here's something uh, not psychedelic and not Middle Eastern flavored. Very blues flavored. So this is a very much a blues rock jam right here. And an epic at that at eight minutes. But I dig it. And if you like your rock guitar, you will hear it on here. So here's Prince and the Revolution. So talk more revolution in a minute here. But uh, until then, here's Temptation.
not talking about just ordinary temptation, people. I'm talking about the kind of temptation that'll make you do things. Another crazy solid ending there. That one closes out the Around the World in a Day record. And I love that song. Temptation. As crazy and weird as it is, still love it. And like I said, go pick that one up. I'm going to be recommending all these until I give you that asterisk and say, ah, here's the best songs off of that. But we haven't hit that yet. You know, there's nothing on this particular part that I'm going to say that at all. As promised talking about the revolution here real quick and you know prince of course is the man he's he's the he's the icon he's the guy he's he steers the boat always has always will but that band the revolution that he put together one of the best bands ever assembled i put them up there with my all-time favorite bands the original alice cooper group you know the initial the original van halen and david lee ross first solo band as well those kind of bands you know the ramones the uh uh, the you know the Stones and you know, what have you, but some of the best bands ever assembled for sure, and the Revolution is one of them. 
and definitely mirrored that Sly and the Family Stone kind of feel, multiracial, male, female, all that stuff. And, you know, the core of the revolution, the Dr. Fink, Matt Fink, Bobby Z, Lisa Coleman, Brown Mark, and Wendy Melvoin, just uh, pure surgeons in there. And, you know, I heard that they're going to be out there doing some shows as a tribute to Prince. Would have been nice if that could have happened sometime during Prince's lifetime. But, I, you know, I don't think he's into any of that going backwards kind of stuff. Not that he wouldn't use someone he's used before, but I don't think that he probably would have ever done a revolution tour again. Maybe a one-off for charity. Who knows? I don't, I don't know. Just, just having a guess here. Maybe he'll talk about that more in his bio whenever it sees the light of day. I'm sure that one's also getting rubber stamped through and uh, being released as soon as possible. But, uh, yeah, The Revolution, just great freaking band. Uh, just, uh, yeah, when you watch performances, it's, it's, I mean, you know, Prince would not put together a bunch of slouches, and so hats off to them, one of the greatest bands ever. If they come to my town, I'll go see them. Much respect. So uh, we're still talking about around the world today in a sense because let's get into something that we like to do here on Rock Strikes 10. For those of you who are unfamiliar to the show, I'll do it for the cheap seats. Longtime friends, you know what I'm talking about. But uh, I like to do a series now and again called The Odds and Ends, which is songs that you know aren't on proper albums, whether they're on EPs or B-sides or soundtrack songs or covers or... Things like that. Things that that don't make the album for some reason. And they get put on different things. Well, of course, Prince is the all-time heavyweight champion of B-sides. B-sides that people would kill for as their A-sides. So he made a career out of this. And you go back and listen to, like, you know, for instance, the B-sides collection, which you can get on the Hits and B-sides box set. That third disc with just all B-sides. There's some amazing songs. Some of the best he's ever done. And you're like, man, why would you cut this off of a record? But he's one of those artists where if that one song does not uh, fit the mood of the rest of the album, it's not going on, even if it's an obvious hit. And that definitely happened a few times in his career. So here's an example of that. This is a B-side from around the world today. And I, I inserted this one into the list because I wanted to talk about some odds and ends and, of course, his B-sides. Uh, but also, I think it makes the pacing of, of these shows go a lot better if I end on certain songs versus others. So I'm throwing this one in here. One of the best B-sides he ever had, I think, all the way from Fairweather to hardcore fans would agree that this B-side from around the world today is is up there. So here you go. Enjoy this one. This is She's Always In My Hair.
Yeah, when I found out that that was a B-side for Around the World Today, I really actually couldn't believe it. Because when you listen to that song on the surface, it really sounds like it was going to go on something like Sign of the Times. So that song was ahead of Prince, in my opinion. It's just crazy to think. But yeah, it was the B-side to Raspberry Beret in the U.S. In the U.K., they got Hello. and uh, But man... Such a great song. And like I said, that song was two years ahead of him, I think. <laughs> Would have been huge on Sign of the Times. But, you know, he's he's not one of those guys. He's not going to put old stuff or what he considers to be old stuff on a new record, even if it's like a year or two later. That's just, that's how he rolled. And we love him for it. Even if we do scratch our heads quite a bit. And we did throughout the course of his life. We'll talk about more of that later. We're getting into the Parade album from 1986 also known as the soundtrack to Under the Cherry Moon. So, uh, man, and it's another one of those albums, like, just because there's all these other monster albums that surround it, and now it's to the point where people realize, man, he's putting out a record every year. And I feel like some albums kind of fall by the wayside when it comes to, you know, just people talking about, you know, what's a good... This is a really good record. I mean, keep saying it over and over again, but... It's another one when you go back and listen to it, it may not seem like a good idea that you're putting it on, but uh, you know that that thought is easily dissolved within a matter of minutes. Some really cool stuff on here. I like New Position, of course. I, I seem like one of the hardcore fan selections is Mountains on here, and that's a great song. If you never heard that, go check out Mountains. Another Lover Hole in Your Head. That's another good one, man. It's just it's it's just a cool freaking record. And of course you got the great kiss on there, which is that, that song is so good, especially in the studio. I, I think I even read something like in an interview with him saying he can never top kiss. And he, I don't know if he ever got there live with it as far as having that definitive live version. Cause it's such a, it's such a studio track in a sense. So anytime I saw him and he played kiss, it always turned into more of a uh, rave, like a big band kind of shuffle. Always cool though. So no uh, no arguments there but check out parade if you've never heard it uh this is another fan favorite and once again last song on the album it's kind of a trend here i didn't even realize what i was doing when i put together this list but yeah this one really gets me and i saw him do this live on the musicology tour twice and this is the one i listened to and when you hear this now you know, in light of his passing, this one really gets me because he, he did pass away in April and it even talks about how great things don't last. And it really, it's, it's just like the saddest song in the world now. I mean, it was, it's always been a sad song, but now all I do is think of him when I hear this song. So, uh, you'll probably do the same thing here. If you never heard it, brace yourself. This is sometimes it snows in April.
Tracy died soon after a long fought civil war. Just after I wiped away his last year, I guess he's better off than he was before. Tracy's there. I know that he has found another friend. 
Maybe he's found the answer to all the April's know. Maybe one day I'll see my Tracy again. Sometimes it snows in April. Sometimes I feel so bad, so bad. Sometimes I wish that life was never ending. But all good things they say. Never last, and all good things they say never last. Love it isn't love until it's past. So beautiful there. I, I I hope you enjoyed that. Probably got a little emotional like I did. If you have anything in your soul that was sometimes it snows in april the closer from the album parade soundtrack to under the cherry moon a black and white motion picture man that guy had balls i gotta say he goes and directs a movie you know and purple rain you know heralded but we know the movie's not great and he goes out and puts out this artsy black and white movie in france Man, that guy was a true artist in the sense that you you know he really didn't give a shit like what anybody thought, what representatives thought, obviously what his record label thought. He just did what was in his heart and what he what was calling to him. Wherever that influence is coming from, I don't know, but there there you have it with him. Uh, getting into Sign of the Times. Speaking of all that, 1987. And, uh, you know, after the around the world today, non-promotion kind of thing. And, uh, you know, this guy is, he's got material just, just sticking out of him. He's, he wants to put out a triple album, uh, you know, called uh, Dream Factory. And then one album is going to be called Camille and the other album is going to be called Crystal Ball. A triple album set, though, that he was going to drop in 1987. And the label was like, no, can't put out three records. Uh, the Clash got away with that, but they just stuck the three records in, from what I understand, or bribed the people in shipping. I don't know how Sandinista even got it. It happened, but Warner was not going for a three-album set. They had a hard enough time convincing him to like maybe go to like every other year of putting material out, so he went the exact opposite. There was a big battle there, so he basically, you know, it's like, I'm not whittling this down. I'm, I'm going to make a new project. And then some of the songs did survive from the triple album that went into Sign of the Times. And a lot of it was released properly for the first time over 10 years later on the Crystal Ball box set. So we'll get into that, I believe, on part three, if I'm not mistaken, of this uh, special. Yeah, part three sounds right. Uh, but, you know, giving way to Sign of the Times, man... Uh, another one of those massively critically heralded Prince releases is one of the essential must-owns, and I have to agree there. It is definitely a must-own. It's a double album that doesn't have a whole lot of filler, if any, and it's great. Multiple genre, just like you'd expect with him. 
And it, it's a great listen. Some some big hits on there. Sign of the Times, not really a big hit. People know it. I think it's it's definitely too close to the bone and too real, I think, to be like a true hit. But of course, there's You Got the Look, which definitely helped the record. Huge song. Still love that song. It's one of those singles I never get tired of. And it, just some, a lot of great stuff on here. Playing the Sunshine I love. Uh, giving once again a shout out to Tino Fella. He recommended The Cross. That's a great track as well. I'm going a different way here. And since you just heard this real heavy ballad, you know, sometimes it snows in April, I'm going to uh, throw something here real upbeat, real bouncy. And uh, probably my personal favorite song off of Side of the Times anyway. So here you go, closing off part one of this four-part tribute to the man, Prince. This is Strange Relationship. i 
Closing off part one of four of our tribute to Prince here on Rock Strikes 10. That was Strange Relationship from Sigh of the Times. Love that song. It's hard to pick with an album like Sigh of the Times. I know that sounds cliche, but it's absolutely true. So many great songs I didn't mention. So go pick up Sign of the Times. If you wind up getting it secondhand, which I understand nowadays, uh, man, just be careful. It's one of those, and this is real nerdy, okay? Well, just bear with me here. Uh, from someone that's worked in record stores uh, quite a few years on and off, uh, just look out when you buy it on CD because it originally came in that long box form. So uh, there's not a whole lot of versions out there that have the double pack jewel case. They're in like separate CD cases. So make sure you get all of Sign of the Times if you buy it secondhand. So make sure you have all 16 songs and not just 9 or 8. I think it's like 9 and 7, I think, from disc 1 to disc 2. That's, that's a tough one to pull off. And I see so many stores that always have like half of it. And just because they, they don't understand... That it's broken up and it's not one whole thing. So buyer beware when you're out there if you're getting it secondhand. That's just uh, my little tip there for you. Little things here that you can only get on Rock Strikes 10. I'll go ahead and put myself over on the actual audio of the show because I'm not promoting this special. I'm, I'm throwing it out there. You guys want to promote it, you go right ahead because I'm not, I'm not going to be that guy. I'm not vulturing on his death to get myself over. I'm doing this. Because I'm a fan, a lifelong fan, and I feel like I owe it to him. And this is also my way of dealing with it. So, that's what I have to say about that for now. So, tune into part two. And you should be hearing these all in succession, because that's what I'm putting them out. I'm putting them out all at the same time. Just like what Crystal Ball should have been. Just uh, everything all at once. No waiting. (laughs) There you go. All right. Um, you know, blah, 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 all that good stuff. Go to cnjradio.com. The entire archives are there, uh, including the stuff that iTunes has deleted at this point. Extra special thanks to Pete and the guys from Space Beard for the awesome outro song. I still play it even on these tribute shows where it kind of sticks out, but I love it. And, uh, you know, on something this serious, you gotta you got to close with something a little fun, right? So until then, we'll see you on part two. Have fun, guys.